Hi, everyone. Quick programming note before we start today's show. The main interview was recorded in November, and while everything was correct at the time of recording, the world of data moves fast, so some of our examples may not contain the latest information. That said, the main points of the show are still as relevant today as the day we recorded them, and we hope that it doesn't detract from your podcast listening experience. Enjoy. Welcome to ASAIRS, a podcast from Statistics Canada, where we meet the people behind the data and explore the stories behind the numbers. I'm your host, Tegan. If you're an economics-minded person, you'll know that in December 2021, the CPI was up 4.8% from the year before. Even if you're not, you've probably noticed that prices have been going up. I feel like I'm spending more on my groceries than I was a year ago, but I don't think the cost of my clothing has really changed. I have questions, and I bet you do too. To get some answers, we sat down with an economist from StatCan. My name is Taylor Mitchell. I am an economist working on the CPI, or the Consumer Price Index, which is one of Canada's economic indicators of consumer inflation. Big question. What is inflation? What is inflation? Inflation is essentially the change in prices over time. So what the CPI does is it tracks that change in consumer goods, everything that consumers purchase on a, a daily or monthly or yearly, semi-annually basis. Um, everything from the groceries we buy to the rent we pay to our haircuts to our entertainment. Uh, it's all in this one basket and we track how that the price of that basket changes over time. So you said CPI. What is the CPI? So the CPI is the Consumer Price Index. Um, it's an economic indicator, and it is a measure of how prices change through time. Um, it's often used for a number of a number of important purposes. Um, it's it's a gauge of the health of the economy. It's also used for um, purposes that are quite relevant to Canadians day to day. Um, everything from inde- indexing tax brackets. Uh, to indexing pension payments and other other um, government benefits to ensure that purchasing power remains constant over time so that you still can purchase the same number of goods with the dollars that you have. And how do you actually gather that information? We, you, we start with a basket. So we have... Um, uh, a virtual basket, I should say. <laughs> so um, so I, I spoke a little bit about this before. The basket includes... Um, Eight major components, which are food, shelter, household operations, furnishings, and equipment. So that includes um, everything from buying furniture, so buying a couch, to buying a fridge, to paying some basic household bills, um, like cellular bills or um, financial services, things of that nature. Um, The basket includes clothing and footwear. It includes transportation, which is everything from buying airline tickets, to buying gas, to paying for the bus. Um, It includes health and personal care recreation, education, and reading, and alcoholic beverages, tobacco products, and recreational cannabis. So that's kind of the main framework. And each month, um, we collect through various means um, a number of prices uh, for for various products to represent those, those ma- eight main major components. So when it comes to grocery prices, for instance, we do that by using transaction data. So when you go to the grocery store, we're actually using that price of 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 the product of the groceries that were scanned at the cashier and that's incorporated into the cpi um for other types of of goods and services we we send interviewers into stores and they record the actual price that's on the shelf um now 
as we modernize the CPI, we're, we're getting more and more into things like APIs. So for, for various travel indexes, for example, for air transportation, we're able to access that data through an API. Um, and we also do a great deal of online price collection now. Um, and, and because of the pandemic, actually, we're, we're pretty much exclusively uh, using the non-in-person forms of price collection. So, so prior to the pandemic, I should say, we used to send interviewers into stores, but now that's on hold uh, as a result of um, physical distancing measures. So the bulk of our collection is now done through alternative data. I like the picture in my head of an economist going in and buying just different kinds of butter, salted, unsalted, in different sizes, and then comparing all the prices. And that's essentially what we do. Uh, we look at different types of goods for each. So, so you know, you use the example of butter. We do look at different types of butter. We, we look at goods of all sizes. Um, we adjust for the quantity to ensure that the price is, um, is not falling or staying the same, but that the, the quantity is the same. Um, so, so we adjust for, for so-called shrinkflation in that way. Um, and then once, once prices are collected, we, it's a, a complex, but, but very robust statistical process that takes, you know, over, over a hundred people to do every month, uh, to produce that one number that represents inflation for the entire country. What is shrinkflation? So shrinkflation refers to typically when when product sizes uh, shrink, so product packages shrink in size. Um, and when that happens, when, you know, say the, the size of the peanut butter jar that I buy, when that gets smaller in size, um, I'm, I'm getting less for more. So that's that's considered a type of inflation because, um, again, you are paying more but getting less or, or perhaps paying the same but getting less. So when it comes to shrinkflation, uh, the way we address that in the CPI is we receive quantity standard um, quantity sizes with our our price information each month. And that allows us to standardize. So for example, if the price of peanut butter stays the same, but the pa the, the jar of, the, of peanut butter falls in size, it becomes smaller, um, that would be all else equal considered a price increase because I'm paying more for what I'm getting. Do prices always rise? That's a great question. Um, typically, the CPI as a as an aggregate that accounts for all inflation for the entire country, for the most part, that has risen year over year um, historically. With that said, prices for individual components within that basket of goods and services they do sometimes fall over time. So one example would be this past year. Um, so, you know, we often, we're, we're very aware of how much more we're paying for gasoline or for meat at the grocery store, but we do have a number of products that are actually less expensive now than they were at this time last year. Um, mortgage interest costs. We've had historically low interest rates and that's passed along to people who are entering or, or renewing their mortgages. Um, Telephone services, that's your cell phone service. Um, now we get more and more data typically involved in those packages. And so that means it's a de facto price de decline. Car insurance is costing Canadians less than it was a year ago. Fresh vegetables. So to answer your question, there are fluctuations and there are some goods and services where prices do fall over time. Um, and then there are other other goods where, where prices, they don't really move that much from year to year. Um, one example might be clothing. And are all price increases due to inflation all the time always? 
Well, inflation is is kind of a general catch-all term for prices that rise, um, as opposed to deflation, which is when prices fall. So in a general economic sense, yes, when prices rise, that is that is inflation. But I'm wondering if um, if what you're getting at might be kind of why those prices increase over time. Like, like what are the factors at play? Yeah, I mean, if you are, I don't know, uh, off the top of my head, if you are if you are buying a cell phone, a smartphone, say, and you bought one two years ago and it was, I don't know, $700 and now you buy one today and it's $900. Is that inflation or is that something different? It's inflation. Um, but there are dynamics behind that inflation. With price change, it really all does in the end come down to supply and demand. If more people want to buy something than there are of that good or service to be purchased, prices tend to rise. In the case of a smartphone, um, it may be that more people are are interested in that particular smartphone than they have been in the past. It may be that there's some sort of a supply chain disruption, which like we're seeing right now for uh, for semiconductor chips that are affecting a number of consumer goods. Um, in general, there are, there are a number of different factors. But when prices do rise over time, yes, we do attribute that generally uh, to be inflation. Are there ever disagreements about the inflation rate? We, you know, I, I certainly hear that from my neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I, I have that conversation probably every month when the CPI comes out and uh, and I'll hear, you know, 2%, 3%, 4%. I'm paying 10 or 15% more than last year. So I, I think that that's definitely something that every Canadian um, has their own experience with. It's important to remember that the CPI is an aggregate that represents the entire country as a group. So it represents households that are very, very different. It represents people that own their homes versus people that rent their homes. It represents Canadians with children and Canadians without children. It represents Canadians that uh, are, are like me and, and don't have a car and who take the bus or the train everywhere and we're not paying for gas every month. Um, it represents older Canadians, seniors and millennials who are paying university tuition. And so because of that, within that big group, everyone is going to have their own unique experience with inflation. And actually, that's why we created um, here at StockCan something called a personal inflation calculator, which uh, allows Canadians to input their own expenses every month. And they can see how their own personal rate of inflation does differ from that one number that represents the country as a whole. Could you elaborate on how different people's experiences with inflation would vary? So currently, gas prices are up quite a bit compared with last year. Um, and, and part of that is because gas prices were actually quite low last year. And that's that was a result of the pandemic and all kinds of disruptions to both demand and supply. Uh, but this year, gas prices are up about 41%. So that's that's quite a large increase. Um, and that's certainly affecting some Canadians more than others. You know, I mentioned that I'm, I'm a person that I, I ride the train. I take the bus. Um, I, I live in an urban area where I'm fortunate to be able to do that. I don't own a car. But for Canadians that live in different, you know, for, for Canadians who drive to work, for Canadians that live in rural areas, they're absolutely going to be feeling um, the impact of that on their pocketbooks more than somebody like me. Um, at the same time, um, you know, we, we renters and, and homeowners have different experiences with inflation. Um, those with kids certainly have unique experiences. There are also different regional realities. So um, one, one area that I like to highlight is, is home heating. So the CPI encompasses Canadians from, from all 10 provinces, as well as the three territorial capitals. And one, one aspect about our day-to-day our -day lives is actually quite 
different in different parts of the country is, is how we heat our homes. So the Atlantic region, uh, they tend to rely quite heavily on furnace oil to heat their homes. And furnace oil tends to, furnace oil prices tend to move quite closely with uh, oil prices or gasoline prices. So furnace oil prices are also up quite significantly right now. Whereas west of Quebec, uh, we tend to rely more so on natural gas. Natural gas prices are up as well, but only about half as much as, as furnace oil prices. And so this means that Canadians in, the, in Atlantic Canada are, are certainly feeling a greater impact on those day-to-day um, expenses than, than those of us using natural gas. In October of 2021, I was curious about the personal inflation calculator, so I played around with it a little bit, exploring how inflation would affect people across the country. I used some guesses about household expenses for a renter in Vancouver, B.C., let's call her Beatrice, and came up with a personal inflation rate of 3.9%. BC's actual rate was 3.8. I used all of the same numbers for someone in rural PEI, I'll call her Aisha, with the only difference being that Aisha was a homeowner, so she didn't have to pay rent, but she would have some other housing-related expenses. Aisha's personal inflation rate was 5.6%, higher than Beatrice's 3.9 in BC, but still lower than PEI's official rate of 6.6. Playing around with the numbers in the tool really helped me understand how inflation affects people differently. I encourage you to check it out if you are also curious. You mentioned gas. Could you share some examples of other goods affected by inflation? Any other notable changes or anything that you've noticed in the past little while? One area that's been getting a lot of attention has been housing costs. So, um... I will, I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about how shelter is measured in the CPI, just to give you a bit of background. Um, the CPI includes consumer goods. It's right there in the name, consumer price index. And a house itself is not considered a consumer good because we don't consume it. Um, it's considered an asset. It doesn't necessarily change your net worth to purchase a house. So therefore, um, in accordance with, uh, with international standards, the way the CPI accounts for housing is to measure changes in the costs of the ongoing expenses associated with home ownership. So that would be things like property taxes. That would be things like the commission when you buy a house. That would be um, your the interest on your mortgage. One area where we're seeing a lot of growth lately is what we call replacement costs, homeowners replacement costs. And that essentially would be the amount of money that it would take you if you were to rebuild your home on the piece of land that you own. So it's a bit of a bit of a tricky concept to wrap wrap our heads around for sure. But um, it's very closely linked to the price of new homes. And of course, we have seen quite a bit of growth in the housing market uh, in the past year and a bit. And so we are currently seeing uh, higher replacement costs than we've seen since the late 1980s, um, which is is currently which is definitely affecting those um, who are in in the market for new homes. At the same time, you know, I mentioned earlier that. Um, uh, interest costs are at a historic low, and they have been since the onset of the pandemic. So uh, the flip side of that is that those paying interest on a mortgage um, are pay are are currently uh, enjoying the largest decrease in history. <laughs> so that's that's been one trend that we've been watching those uh, those uh, inverse relationships regarding shelter. We're also paying a lot of attention right now to supply chain disruptions. Um, so there are a number of factors there. Uh, we've seen 
shipping costs uh, that, are, that have been quite high. We've seen the impact on a number of consumer goods, especially those that are being imported from overseas. Um, and we're also contending with, uh, with shortages. So there's been a, a fairly well-publicized shortage of semiconductor chips, which is in particular impacting the production of new cars. And that shortage of new cars is leading to the largest price increases there since the early 90s. Uh, so that's a factor that we're, we're also paying a lot of attention to right now. Could you talk a little bit more about what impact the pandemic specifically has had on inflation? Yeah, absolutely. So the early price impacts associated with the COVID pandemic, uh, largely to do with a few key areas, one of which was energy. Um, we saw the largest uh, one-two punch in terms of a decline in energy prices in March and April of 2020. Um, it, it, it was an extremely notable decline in prices. Uh, and that was just because there were some fairly sudden, significant changes in terms of how we were all living our lives. We were all staying at home. Um, we were, you know, m many of us were not commuting to work anymore. Uh, we certainly weren't flying across the ocean. <laughs> uh, international commerce and trade uh, and just general economic activity, it slowed dramatically. And as a result of that, there were some pretty uh, sharp uh, declines to demand for for oil, which of course we saw here in Canada uh, reflected as as incredibly low prices at the gas pumps. Um, so so that was uh, an initial impact, and since then we've seen prices, uh, you know, recovering in terms of oil. And the reason I bring it up now, uh, you know, nearly eighteen months later, is because um, we are still contending with the year-over-year -year impacts of those low oil prices and those low gasoline prices from last year. I mentioned that gasoline is up over forty percent, but a lot of that is actually just because prices were low this time last year, and we're comparing from a low a low, and so mm -hmm. that makes this year's price increases look even larger when we when we look at it in terms of a year-over-year -year increase. That's what we call a base effect that uh, that has an impact on that that indicator. Um, we also saw prices for clothing decline uh, towards the beginning of the pandemic. And in the early days, um, that was largely because retailers were kind of forced to pivot and and discount their their inventories online in order to move product. But now it seems to be a bit of a longer term trend. Um, a lot more people are, are working at home or, or just in general staying closer to home. And we're not necessarily buying the same types of clothes that we used to buy. So it's, it's really interesting to see how that's playing out. Um, and as well, I just want to highlight again, just the number of supply shortages that we continue to contend with. Um, we're seeing it, you know, I mentioned, um, I mentioned shipping costs and, and semiconductors, but another area where we're really seeing a lot of issue from supply uh, chain disruptions is, is food prices, particularly meat prices. We've been seeing some labor shortages there that have slowed down production, um, some higher prices for livestock feed, and just in general, uh, a number of challenges to the supply chain that are leading to higher meat prices for Canadians here. Um, and meat prices are up close to 10% right now compared with a year ago. Why should the average Canadian care about inflation? The average Canadian should care about inflation because it's a reflection of how they're purchasing power is changing over time. Um, when prices rise, if I have the same amount of money that I had a year ago, I can buy less. I can buy fewer goods and services. And if I'm a person that wants to you know, keep my, my spending relatively constant from time to time, um, I, I care about inflation. But I also care about inflation because 
it does affect Canadians in some very practical ways. Um, it impacts their tax brackets. Tax brackets are updated every year based on the CPI. Um, if I'm a senior and I'm collecting CPP, I certainly care about inflation because my CPP payments are going to be indexed to the CPI to ensure that I still have the same amount of purchasing power year to year. Many Canadians who, who uh, collect private pensions also see their payments indexed to the CPI. Uh, in general, the CPI is used as a gauge of economic health. You know, at the end of the day, um, I'm an economist that works on prices all day, but I'm also a Canadian and I'm a consumer and I'm a grocery shopper. And when I hear that question, what I think about is when I'm in the grocery store and I want to buy some bacon <laughs> and I see that it's 20% more expensive than it was a year ago. Um, I think that every Canadian can relate to that, that sense of, of frustration. And I think that that is why the CPI is important. That's why we provide as much information as we do to Canadians about how prices are, are moving and what is affecting them. Uh, because that's, I think, an experience that, that everybody can relate to. And at the end of the day, I think that's why Canadians should care about inflation. Is there anything about inflation that we haven't already talked about or about the CPI that would be really important for, for Canadians to know? Or just that you think is cool or interesting? I think I've, I've already touched on everything that's awesome. Um, you know, in, in, in general, I, I just want to stress again that um, everybody has their own experience with inflation. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking with you right now, and, and I, I know that you and I are experiencing different levels of inflation right now. Um, so I, I, I always like to point Canadians to our, our personal inflation calculator. It's a very cool tool. It's a very cool way of uh, kind of seeing your unique uh, circumstances as far as inflation goes and, and seeing how your circumstances do differ from, from that one number that represents the entire country. If someone wants to learn more about the CPI or inflation, where should they go? So Statistics Canada has a CPI portal. It is essentially a one-stop shop for all things CPI. It includes data visualization tools where Canadians can can kind of look at the numbers and play with uh, play with different indexes of interest and see how it's all looked historically. It includes the personal inflation calculator, and it includes a number of our other analytical articles, as well as the analysis that accompanies our release each month. So I would encourage Canadians to check it out, CPI portal. And that's our show. You've been listening to A-Sayers. Thank you to Taylor Mitchell, whose expertise powered this episode. You can subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts. There, you can also find the French version of our show called Écoutez bien. Thanks for listening. <laughs>